My fellow warriors. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise to be of service to you. 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 And to allow you. To allow you to be of service to me. To be of service to me. And to allow you to be of service to me. And I will allow you to be of service to me. Until both you and I defeat this demon that assails us. Until both you Until and both I you successfully defeat and this demon I successfully defeat this demon that assails us. Successfully defeat this demon that assails us. Successfully defeat this demon that assails us. I have been given the tools to win. 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 I have all the tools that I need to win this week, and I will win. And I. I have been given the tools to win. And I will win. And I will win. And I will win. We are here to tell you you are not alone. You are not broken. You have not gone too far in the wrong direction. You just tried a different path. And somewhere along that path, you lost a part of yourself. And that addiction, that trauma, that pain came in and it filled the gap. And you had to learn the hard way. You had to grow through adversity. You had to fight to find out who you really are and what you really believe in. See, real change is not about going back. Back there, there are only old habits and hidden pain. Your change comes in the direction you choose to face. So right now, choose to win. Wipe those tears of defeat from your face and get up. We need you. So don't you quit. Don't you dare quit. You keep going. One step at a time, you make that climb and you do it for you. You do it because you are worth fighting for. And one day you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to smile and love the person you see because you will be the person God always intended you to be, a better you, a recovered you. Hello and welcome back to a special holiday episode of Recovering You. I'm joined by probably the most gorgeous guest I've ever had on the show. Uh, I mean, I would definitely marry her. Oh wait, I did. I'm joined by my amazing and beautiful wife, Katie, and uh, we are joining you. We are bringing a holiday message to you because we feel like this is something that a lot of people need to hear. So tis the season. Yes, tis the season of joy and giving is upon us. And you know what that means? Well, for many, it means lights and gifts and family and memories, all encircling the celebration of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's why we celebrate the season, right? But for others, it means a time of stress, anxiety, depression, comparison around how short we fall next to the next door neighbor who seems to have it all together, while their stockings seem to be hung with care and filled with goodies and gifts. Yours may be hung with fear to be filled with coal to match the darkness you feel inside, while other lights are shining brightly and illuminating the neighborhood with a glow comparable to the Griswolds causing rolling blackouts your single strand of holiday hope hangs limply by a thread that will likely go out at the first trigger brought on by that lonely thought or a family argument. And while others gather with glee in the arms of loved ones, fondly embracing and anticipating the gifts to be opened and the traditions to be happily participated in, you are so overwhelmed at the prospect of seeing those brothers and sisters and cousins who have met and even exceeded the expectations of the family that you just hope for a silent night and you just want to stuff yourself up the chimney and instead of cheering ho 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 and listening for Santa on Christmas Eve, 
you want to scream, oh, holy crap, I can't take any more of this. And you feel your inner Grinch grow three sizes that day. <laughs> well, if this is how you feel around the holidays, we are here to tell you, you are not alone. And your feeling this way is actually very common. So hopefully we can help you deal with some of the holiday blues that a lot of people experience around this time of year. And despite everything you're going through, we hope you can still find some joy in the season that has had you humbugging the holidays this year, or maybe even for years past. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on, especially around this year for me personally. Um, I'm just going to come out and be completely honest. I've taken on way too much. I, I've done way too many things. I've overfilled my plate to the point that I am constantly anxious, constantly stressed, and I have this fear of failure, not only failing uh, myself, but more of that fear of failure of others. I feel like I'm going to be letting my family down, like my gifts may not be good enough, like they may not provide the type of joy. And and another, and, and I know I'm kind of all over the place, but another thing that I really struggle with during the holidays is I love the anticipation of Christmas so much that once Christmas Day comes, I get super depressed. Because as soon as the first present starts getting opened, I realize that this is the beginning of the end, and so I might as well just be <laughs> miserable and it makes for a very stressful day. And Katie, you've even like mentioned that to me before that you can kind of like tell when I'm struggling or that, that my, like Christmas Eve seems to be the happiest day of the year for me. And Christmas day is a really hard day. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I'd say I couldn't see the moment when you go, we're no longer anticipating Christmas. It's here, it might as well be done. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like buying a new car and the excitement of getting a new car is great until you see what you have to pay for that new car. And then you get real depressed and driving it off the lot. Maybe it isn't driving as smooth as you, as it was when you test drove it. And there were all these expectations that maybe weren't met. So let, let's, I don't know, let's talk a little bit about that. A little bit of expectations versus reality. I mean, how do we, how do we manage those expectations and allow ourselves to really enjoy the season without um, denying the reality of, of what it's all about. Cause there's a lot of things people do that really kind of diminish the holiday for themselves and cause more of that anxiety and more of that stress. Uh, so what, what do we, what do we do here to manage those expectations? I tend to make a list of the things I want to get done. And it's usually a very, very big list. <laughs> I can, of, I can attest to this. <laughs> full of lots of baking and cooking. And then each day I make a goal of what I'm doing. And then I give myself a leeway of if all of these don't get done, I want this one to have happened. And I try to make it so that that one I pick, or maybe I pick two sometimes, that one of them at least is perpetuating the magic of Christmas for my children, where it's not all about all the things things I can do, but the joy I can 
give to my children and see in their faces. Well, well, and what I can say about the stuff you do, like a, a lot of this stuff happens obviously while, while I'm at work, but I get to hear about it at the end of the day of, um, when that one thing for during the day, for instance, you talked about how you bake, but one of the things you do every year that is really special for our kids is, uh, you guys make Christmas cookies together. And it's not that you just bake them and then say, okay, let's frost the cookies, but you bring the kids into the kitchen. They get covered in flour. So does our floor. But when I ask them at the end of the day, how their day was, they're always so excited about the fact that like they made the cookies and the cookies that we got to eat, like they did that. And so that, that fulfills part of that magic of Christmas and gives some of that accomplishment. And I, I think, I think that's one of the things that we lose sight of is it's not so much, you know, cutting corners and getting to that, that wow factor right away. But again, going back to the anticipation, I think just acknowledging that anticipation and loving that moment, not just saying like, oh, I'm anticipating the grand finale, but I get to live for and live in the anticipation and make those some of the memories. Making the building of Christmas the magic of it instead of getting to Christmas and experiencing one day yeah. being that magic. Yeah. Which is why it always bugs me when I see those pre-made gingerbread houses that all you have to do is squirt the frosting on and put the, put the candies on them. It's like, what, what's the point of that? Why, why even do it? No, no. It's so much more fun to get all the graham crackers. Uh, I know your family does hot glue. <laughs> or the more ambitious people <laughs> use hot glue yeah. <laughs> to make it actually stick. <laughs> there there are some intense projects that happen at the Whatcock Christmas. <laughs> Skyscrapers. Yes. They're they're amazing. But it but it's so much fun. And and that, I think that's a really good metaphor for appreciating um, you know, living in those moments is uh is that metaphor of building your own um gingerbread house, totally lost track of what I was saying there, but not only building it, but then making sure that it's sturdy enough to be able to decorate and just have so much fun with. So, well, and laughing when it does fall apart anyway, and you're like, now I have to start over. And it's frustrating when it falls apart, especially when you're not using the hot glue and your brother is, and his <laughs> is like, 15 stories high and your two story <laughs> just collapsed in on itself because you're using icing to then go, okay, well now I have to start over because I still want my house and then I have to build it. But then it usually turns out sturdier and better because I started over and I've taken more pride in it because I'm like, his may be higher, but if his didn't have that glue, mine Mine's got it. Yeah. It's yeah, Spencer, quit hogging the hot glue. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to name names. I will. I'll name names. Um, so th there's another there's another really big thing that we've talked about in the past. Um, when it comes to not overdoing it, not overstressing, not essentially ruining the holiday for yourself. And this is something that you have lived by for the past few years. And that is that is two words, and it comes up all the time in the podcast, which is self-care. So I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about how not only, not just generalized how you do self-care, but how you self-care around the holiday stresses. So before I started doing self-care, the holidays were a marathon of sleeplessness and pushing myself past 
every single day till Christmas Day came and I was relieved, not because I was going to get to open presents and see what my kids' faces looked like when Santa came, but it was, <laughs> I will finally get sleep. I will finally, like, my, my head will stop hurting and my stomach will stop churning trying to tell me to sleep. Um, so once I realized how horrible I was at my self-care and turned to focusing on that, um, self-care has really been about listening to my body. My body is incredible at telling me what it needs. And I have gotten into the bad habit of not listening to the point where now my body insists. Um, when I get tired, I get nauseous. When I overdo it and I spend too many hours in the kitchen, I get headaches that knock me flat. And it's slowing down enough to say, okay, I have a to-do list today that's a mile long, and that's not even counting coming days. <laughs> <laughs> but then to turn and go, okay, I'm tired, and I haven't done anything on my to-do list yet, and I'm already tired. I'm going to go lay down. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And my son might watch a little bit more Power Rangers than I did that <laughs> day, but he will love it and he'll have no idea that that wasn't the plan. And I will take that time I need. I think my biggest thing of self-care is setting aside the guilt of what I should be doing. Mm, there it is again. Uh, Shooting all over ourselves. <laughs> and changing it to what can I do better after I have taken care of myself? Because I, I don't get to participate in the fun things and in the magical things and the joyful things if I run myself into the ground doing the mundane and mediocre things that happen while kids yeah. are at school. Well, and, and so Katie didn't want it to sound like whining, so she didn't want to talk about this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up because I I think it's I think it's important just because it goes so well with what you've been talking about. And this happened just like two days ago. Uh, so Katie's been doing this bake sale thing to help pay for our 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 kids uh, like activities over the next year. So she's baking in the kitchen all day, every day, uh, baking extras to be able to freeze, to be able to to bake later, filling all these orders that are coming in, which turned into a much bigger project than than you expected. Yes. And um, just the other day, you you uh, I walked into the kitchen and you said, you know what? I have enough done that today, I'm not going to bake anything and I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to take some time to myself. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to wrap some presents. I'm going to get these other things done, but I'm going to do things that don't involve me just being so wrapped up in the kitchen. And to me, that was just like, that's such a healthy response and such an awesome way to, to acknowledge the fact that that priority is still there. That responsibility is still there. However, it's okay to take a step back and to just breathe for a minute. To pause. Yeah. Hit the pause button. And and I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize that they can do. Even if you have traveled to that family's house, you're surrounded by a bunch of noise, by a bunch of family members, and it's actually, it's okay to separate yourself. Say, I'm going to hit the pause button. 
I'm going to go for a drive, go for a walk. I'm going to go sit in my room. I'm going to take some time for myself so that I can better cope with everything that's going on. For me personally, I, I've learned that when it's constant kids running around and noise and cooking and instructions and tasks and all these other things where you don't have a second to even sit down and breathe, uh, I get really anxious. I, and, and then I start getting really irritable. And so it started out by you, Katie, pointing out to me, uh, maybe you need to like, just take a break. Like what, why don't you go for a break for uh why don't you go for a walk or why don't we go for a walk? Let's tell our parents like, Hey, can you watch the kids for 15 minutes while we go walk around the block? And just acknowledging that kind of, uh, th those triggers and those stresses that are going on has made a huge difference in my being able to uh, appreciate and enjoy the holidays. Well, I think it's something I know that you and I, as parents with our children, we recognize very quickly when our children are overstimulated yeah. and when they need a break and we give that to them. We, well, we basically force them <laughs> to take it and we're like, okay, we call it quiet time. And we say, okay, it's time for you to do quiet time. And we give them 30 to 40 minutes minimum where we say, you're just going to step back and take a break. Read a book. Breathe. Yeah. Like you're going to be by yourself. So nobody is pushing in on you. And you can, you can read, you can play, you, you can still have fun. However, it will reground you. It resets you. And the amount and yet, of meltdowns has decreased significantly. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, as adults, we go, well, of course our kids need that. And so we give it to them and we make them take it. And there's no guilt or shame involved. And yet when we, we need it ourselves, for one, we don't recognize it as fast. Yeah. And two, we feel like we can't take it. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't step back and leave. Like they're going to all wonder where I went or they're going to be like, oh, they're, they're being screwed right now. They won't participate. And it's like, I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what I need to do for me and for you. I'll be a lot nicer if I take this right now. So this is our, our, um, I guess permission slip to you to be able to, um, give yourself timeout, put yourself in timeout. It's totally fine. You deserve it. Uh, it's worth it. And it will make a huge difference. Okay. So the, the other, the other thing that I think is really important. So we all know, I mean, we all know someone or we all have those moments or family members that when we get together, we know how it's going to be. We know that there's going to be stress. We know there's going to be contention. We know there's going to be disagreements with how you know, one person is living their life or something because everyone grows, everyone changes and change is uncomfortable for a lot of people. So what, what I want to talk about, I, I consider my wife, I know she doesn't, Katie, I consider you an expert in setting boundaries. <laughs> and that's probably because you had to learn to do it so well with me because of everything we went through. Um, but with in, in terms of setting boundaries, when you go to visit family, when you go on these vacations, how, how do you best suggest to approach those in a way that number one is not going to ruin the holiday and cause the big fights or cause all that contention, um, but allows you to not feel like you're being judged, like you are lacking, like you are comparing yourself to other people. There's so many things that go on when family gets together. So how do we healthily set boundaries in order to 
not just us enjoy it better, but in order for people to enjoy our own company better as well? Um, I'd say two things come to mind most immediately. One is to stop looking at boundaries as keeping people out and saying, I need my space. You're not saying stay away yeah. when you set a boundary. You're saying, I'm showing you and helping you understand how you can love me most. And then when you follow and keep my boundaries, I in turn can then give more love because I'm not shutting down. I'm not um, cringing away because my boundaries have been violated or pushed on. And so you look at it more as an invitation of love to help them know how to be kinder. Um, so, so can I, can I give like a, for instance here, an example that maybe we could work through? Sure. So let's say there's a family member, uh, that maybe isn't living up to the values or morals of the family, like they're expected to. And they know that when they go to see family, that people are going to want to ask questions and they're going to want to push them to, uh, to do things differently. And they're, they're going to maybe even judge them a little bit. And because, you know, especially, especially parents, not that they have to be, but it seems to come the most from like, Oh, my, my parents just don't approve of the way I'm living my life anymore. So how would you go about them communicating to their parents? Like, Hey, look, uh, I'll put it very bluntly and then allow you to put it in the proper boundary setting with love way uh, to say, I don't want to talk about this aspect of my life or, or the things that you disagree with. All it does is cause a fight. I'm not talking about it. So how would you maybe word that differently for someone that wants to lovingly set boundaries? Like, so set boundaries to the parent. Yes. So as a child, if you are an adult and have moved out of the home, you um, have a different relationship with your parents than you did as a child. And it's hard for parents to see that as something different. So it is an opportunity of growth for both you and your parents to kindly say, this, this is a topic I am not comfortable discussing while I am here for these holidays. And if you feel we need to have a discussion about this, we can set a time to talk about it later. I don't want it to intrude on the joy of this holiday for you or for me because I know we will have our differences. Yeah. And then it's very important because then you've laid the basic, the basis of what you want to cover as your boundary. Then it is important to say an if then. Because then it makes clear for both you and your parents what will happen if that boundary is crossed. Because that's the most important thing. Because when that boundary is not respected, either accidentally or on purpose, you need to have a plan of action. Because that will give them somewhere to look and see that, that boundary in place. But it will also give you somewhere to fall back on when it happens. That you don't have to figure it out right away and be like, oh, what? They, they are doing it now and I'm freezing or I just want to get mad. You know exactly what to do and you can react calmly and you say, if you decide to bring this up while we, while I am here, I am going to have to take a step back. And whether that's, I need to go, I'm going to leave and go on a 20 minute walk. And then 
we we will still not i'm still not willing to talk about it while we are here however i will come back after that 20 minute walk and i hope we can move on to different topics if you choose to bring it up again i i will have to consider different options or Possibly i will go on a drive home. Yeah. if you persist after several times of me trying to reiterate this boundary to you i will have to consider going home yeah and you don't want to say that if you're not willing to go home don't say it yeah. because if they do push you to that point, it is really important for you to not step over your own boundaries as well. If you say, if you bring this up X amount of times, I'm going home. When that happens, you need to be prepared to go home and be okay with that and be comfortable that you're saying, I love myself enough to keep this boundary for myself. This is important to me. And it also shows to your parents how important it is and how much it means to, to you that they respect your boundaries. I love that. And what, what I really like about that is looking at it from the other perspective, from, from the parent. Well, what, what was really important that, sh that you pointed out there, Katie, is that it's not so much saying uh, we're never going to have this conversation or that I'm not willing to talk about it at all. It's saying while I'm here for this vacation, while I'm here during these holidays, this isn't a conversation I'm willing to have. And then you pointed out like setting a date and being willing to uh, have that conversation at another time. And for the parent, you know, speaking from their perspective, maybe they say, well, one, one of my requirements is that we have this conversation. But I think that's a really important that you can find that compromise of, okay, um, yes, we're still going to have the conversation. That doesn't mean that it needs to be had right now. And so they're, they're not completely rejecting the option of a conversation. So, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to just have a couple more things here that I, I want to focus on. I was actually researching a little bit of how to avoid the holiday blues and stuff earlier this morning. And one of the big things that it talked about was, um, and you talked earlier, Katie, about making a list. Uh, so, uh, equal to lists is, uh, one of the biggest tips was budgeting, making a budget and sticking to that budget. Now I am the <laughs> last person that should be talking about sticking to budget because I always go over my budget and then I have to like make it up later. Katie, however, is a pro at sticking to the budget. She does our budgeting and everything. And I'm usually the one that has to ask forgiveness. <laughs> so uh, but what I what I have noticed is there's a lot less stress, and I I usually end up kind of uh, a little bit sad after the holidays because then my spending money and stuff doesn't come into my pocket; it has to go toward what I overspent and uh, and that stuff during the holiday. So I think it is a great tip to set a budget for yourself. Be willing to say no, and be willing to be um, happy with what you got. Not placing the value on the price tag of the gift, but placing the value on the intention of the gift. So one of the things I've done this year is to, in order to stay in budget, um, I've made quite a few of the gifts, which Katie has no idea what I've made, but I, I have put in a lot more time and handcrafted a lot of things that I saw that I knew she liked. And so I was like, I can make that. Now it's probably not the same quality, but there's a lot more meaning to it. And I'm a lot more excited for her to open those gifts as well. Well, can I add, not everyone's really good at DIY and hand making things. Um, 
and I do not often, I, I have one gift that I hand make every year. Uh, however, not many of my gifts are handmade because I don't, I don't have the time very often to yeah. make them. However, when I am shopping, I don't shop and buy the first time I find something. I make another list. <laughs> <laughs> so many and, lists. Well, this list, this is my budget list. Yeah. And so I list all the things I find that, oh my gosh, Cameron would love that. I put it in and I put in the price. I put in the link so I can find it again. And then as I gather all of these things, I'm spending time debating, would he like this one more? Would this one be more meaningful? Yeah. Am I willing to spend the money on this or is it just something that caught my eye and spending that time debating, deciding and finding instead of just grabbing and going and saying, Oh, I filled up my budget because I just bought all these things because I saw it, I bought it. And so I ran out. I, it helps. That's how I stay on budget is because I know which ones will fit into my budget. And I, taking that time makes it more meaningful as well. You don't have to make it necessarily to make it meaningful. The time that goes into agonizing over whether that's the one that you want to get can yeah. also make it so much more meaningful and stay in budget. <laughs> I, I got a look on that one there. I was not chastising. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, just so so just just to wrap up here, then the, the last thing that I want to say, um, and and thank you for for that, Katie. I, yeah, I, my Christmases are always amazing because of the amount of time, preparation, lists, and budgets, and consideration that Katie puts into gifts. So they're they're pretty awesome. Uh, so last thing I just want to say is uh, to all of you out there, in order to make this Christmas meaningful, be willing to take a step back and just enjoy those small little moments. Be willing to, and this is just kind of a recap, be willing to set those boundaries so that you can enjoy things a lot more. Be willing to um, to speak your mind, but also you know, maybe take a step back and not be so confrontational at that time and consider writing down those thoughts and approaching the subject later. Uh, but most of all, be willing to give yourself a specific gift. And I would say that would be the gift of grace. If you feel like you aren't meeting the standards that other people are meeting, if you feel like you're being judged, if you feel like you are not enough, uh, what I want to tell you is you are. You, you are doing enough. You are uh, worthy of the same kind of love, respect, and happiness that other people have in their lives. And this Christmas season, uh, th this is my gift to all of you, is, is the gift of grace. And I hope you will be able to open up that gift and be able to use it on a regular basis. So uh, slide that one under your tree, open it whenever you want, but just uh, give yourself a break and love, love this season and look for opportunities to not only serve yourself, but to serve others around you. And I know that will make it so much more meaningful. On that note, we're going to keep this one a little bit short because I know you're busy during your holiday season, but, uh, you know. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on Recovering You. Remember, your story is unique and can make a huge difference in the lives of others. If you feel the desire to share your story on Recovering You, 
please don't hesitate to reach out to me at recoveru2 at gmail.com with the number two. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash recovering you podcast. That's facebook.com forward slash recovering you podcast.